Welcome back to the Stack Report, brought to you by our very good friends at the Sackville Hotel in Roselle. Today's guest, well, his nickname is The Grub, but you're about to find out he might be one of the nicest blokes in the NRL. Josh Reynolds, he talks to us about his rise to stardom at the Dogs, his fantastic origin success and a couple of failures thrown in there too. And he's moved to the West's Tigers and how he's been embraced by the Tigers community. That's coming up for you right now on the Stack Report. Well, it's welcome to the Stack Report to Josh Reynolds. G'day, Josh. How are you going? Really good, thanks, mate. Mate, thanks for joining us at the Sackville Hotel in Roselle. The last time I was here with you, uh, you were making your way around the two-up ring on Anzac Day. You looked to be doing good things. How'd you end up? Not the best, <laughs> but you know what? That's what that's what two-up's all about. There's always next year, isn't there? Yeah, there is. It's the best thing. Did Benji do a little bit better? He was. He seemed to be yeah, sniffing around the edges. He snipped, me up. he snipped me for a few hundred, so <laughs> he still hasn't paid me back yet either. <laughs> <laughs> it's unlike you. I guess he's got a new, young family now. He's got to save his, save his dollars. That's very true. That's very yeah. true. Um, Josh, it's fantastic to have you to talk about your career today. It's been a frustrating 2018, though, hasn't it, with the shoulder? How, how is the shoulder injury... Uh, I guess, recovering as you look to try and sort of get some game time in with the Tigers. Yeah, it sure has, you know, it's, um, you know, you're in the pre-season, you, you think a million things, that, good things that are going to happen mm. and start the season well and you know, obviously the team's starting well and but then, yeah, I, um, the captain's run the, the day before the first game, I, I tore my hemi and I was pretty devastated because, you know, it's different. Like, I think people, some people take take footy as a bit of a job, which is fine, you know, like it, it is, if you're good at something, you're going to do it, but I, I actually really enjoy playing the game, and that's probably what sort of gets me the most, and and then yeah, sort of got through that, and I was, it made it a bit easier that the boys were going really good, yeah. you know, which helped, it does help, because you know, everyone's happy and buzzing around the place, and and then yeah, played one one game, and, and done my shoulder, and you know, been out for another month, so it has been frustrating, but you know, I, I actually am a big believer in everything happens for a reason, so... I really think, you know, hopefully I can bring plenty of energy and, and enthusiasm for the, for the last back end of the season. Yeah. Well, because it's always that critical time, isn't it? Two, twofold. One over origin where teams are missing a lot of their, you know, big stars and we're approaching that period. And then to have that freshness at the end of the year, is there a real sort of feeling of blessing in disguise almost? Yeah, well, it could be. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll let you know next week or a couple <laughs> yeah. weeks when I play. But no, it is. It, and if you probably talk to anyone who's played a few years in the NRL, the the midsection of the year is the hardest because, like, you do lose players and, mm. you know, you might get some newer blokes coming in, which is good. You know, they, they, they get to play and, and whatsoever. But but also as well, the period when Origin's, origin's over and, and those players do come back, they're pretty burnt out. It's a, it, yeah. it is a tough time, you know, because they're, <clears throat> they're playing those extra games and, and Origin's just a massive... It's not just the game, it's it's all the emotion involved and, and it sort of just takes the out of you. So, yeah, the middle... The middle section of the season is definitely the hardest, and yeah, that's when I'll you know, look to inject myself. <laughs> you mentioned before you, your emotional connection with the sport, um, and, and I want to go back to the beginning, sort of growing up. You know, you, you don't see it now as just a job. That's much more than that. What was it that you loved about the sport when you're running around as just a junior? When I was young, I think it was more about just just being around my, my mates. You know, yeah. it's it's, it's uh, and I suppose it, it could have been any sport, but mine was mine was rugby league. You know, my my, my dad and. My grandfather, they, they all loved it, so I was always always going to be around it. But yeah, when I was young, I I, I was the same. I used to be a really big supporter. I, I used to love I used to love Freddie Fittler, so I was a, a bit of a Roosters supporter. And and yeah, I just I'd want to go to every game and I want to be a part of everything. And it's probably you know a bit how I am now. Instead of being a supporter, I, I really really love playing it. And it's just always not that you know that's all I ever seen that I was going to do. Because I wasn't necessarily the, you know, the best player going around as a kid, and 
you know, I had to, I had to work on heaps of things, but it was something I always wished to do, and yeah. I'm lucky enough to do that now, yeah. It seems to me as well, so many young guys coming through the ranks, it's just a question of how big they are physically. It's almost like a race to get on those rep teams as how imposing you are physically. Were you a physically imposing player? Oh, yeah. Look at me, <laughs> look at me now. No, Phil, like, you might have been this size shirt. then. You said I look skinny <laughs> before. You looking lean. <laughs> nah, it, it is hard when you're that bit younger, I reckon, because... Like you said, it, if you are big and strong, it helps, obviously, because you're just going to run over people, yeah. obviously. But, you know, it's sort of for me, it was more about um, doing that bit extra work, maybe, I guess, and, and trying, to, trying to outsmart them. And I think, you know, when I was younger, I was always a pretty good trainer. I think that's half the battle when, you, when you're young. Yeah. Because there's a period in your career where it's a bit of a crossroads, you know. You, you get to that age where, you know, you either stay in school or you, you, you leave and get a job, but at the same time, you're gonna be training pretty much part-time slash full-time with the 20s or with, with reserve grade. So that was probably the, the one of the toughest times in my career, I reckon. Like on, trying to make that decision. Yeah, oh, yeah, not even the decision, but just doing it. So, yeah. you know, like I'm a plumber by trade, so I, you know, no sob story, but like, you know, you get up at five o'clock, go to the, go to plumbing till, till three, about training by five, finish at eight. Like it's a long day, mm. and, and then you know you sort of just got to hang in there. And then I think that's where you know probably a lot of the players that had way more talent than me might have dropped off. But you know I sort of always sort of had that little bit of drive in me, and and, and I reckon that sort of you know, helped me get there. Yeah, it seems to me having sort of covered sport for a while across a range of different sports that that sort of period between sort of sixteen and twenty where your mates are off having a great time you know, uh, trying to have new experiences and, and you're willing to make the sacrifices is pretty pivotal. Was that the case for you? Like you just were willing to make those sacrifices? I definitely think so. It's, and, and it is hard. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, when you are young and, you know, there's all those little house parties to go to. <laughs> Miss out on plenty of them. But but then again, you know, it's not like you don't have a life. you got yeah. to find the balance. And But, yeah, you got you got to probably make a decision and, and realise, you know, what's, what's more important. And, yeah, I think a lot of people... Sadly, you know, with all the talent in the world, you know, make some some bad decisions and you know, their life goes the other way. But but then again, there's those guys that you know want to want to work hard, train hard, and you're always gonna have fun. Mm. Like right, like now, you know, people say, oh, you know, you, you don't really ever get to have fun. But don't get me wrong, if we have a big win on a on a Friday night, we uh, we have a couple of you know good times together. <laughs> <laughs> What's a good time together involved? Oh, just go and have a coffee and, and a couple of waters with the boys. So, <laughs> so you're talking about the period in your career where you're grinding, you're grinding, you're trying to make it. Was there a moment where you realised, hey, this is gonna, this is actually going to be a career path for me? Um, was a selection for a particular team, yeah, or um, a game where you played particularly well. So I, honestly, I went from I played two years in Premier League. Um, and I reckon that sort of set me up because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready out of twenties, that's for sure. Like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't big enough. I was, I think I was about seventy-five kilos, ringing wet. Like, and it just, I just wasn't ready. Some guys are, you know, some guys are ready out of twenties, but even in my mind, like I just wasn't ready. And the two years in in Premier League were really good for me because I had some really good people around me as well who had played plenty of first grade who helped me. And and then yeah, luckily enough, I was playing some okay footy in Premier League. I was actually playing in the halves and. And then Mick Ennis um, hurt his neck really bad, and big uh, Jimmy Dimmick said, do you, "Do you want to play hooker?" And in my head, I'm going, "Can I really play hooker? Like first game, I haven't even been playing, yeah. but you know, you're not going to say no." So, and then yeah, I got luckily enough to to debut that year against against the Raiders. Yeah, 
Mm. How big an influence was Jimmy Dimmick coming through the, the ranks for you? He's obviously he was a, a massive assistant coach at the Dogs for years and years. Yeah, he was. He's really good for me. He's probably the hardest person on me, to be honest. Really? Yeah, out of everyone. So, he oh, seems so gentle. Oh, no, he's a straight shooter. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's, the, that's probably what you want because a lot of the time, um, you have people, you know, how do I say it, blowing a bit of... Blowing bit smoke? Of yeah, 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 up here. <laughs> but, um, and, and, you know, that's good in a way. Sometimes it gives you confidence, but sometimes it's not the best thing for you. And he was always pretty straightforward with me and always, you know, in a good way, constructive constructively helped me with my defence a lot throughout the time and yeah we've become good mates now and yeah I can I, I can after games he'll message me if I get trampled or something and say so you should have done this or whatever so but no he was he was really good for me. What were your first impressions of Des Hasler? <laughs> yeah well he was when I f first actually met him it was he hadn't been at the club very long and I was playing as soon as he come I was playing Premier League and I just didn't think I'd really be a part of the first grade squad just yet anyway I was in the top um, 25 but I did you know wasn't part of it I didn't think I'd be a part of the, the starting 18 and then he um he called me into his office one day and it, like weirdly just said mate I, I want you to be the 5'8 of his team and mate that was probably the moment that yeah, I don't know what I, I wouldn't say changed my career but you know it really hit home that what like was he, he like, backs me, you know, yeah. like it's, and it was cool. How'd you react? Were you like, why? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In my head I was, but I was trying to be confident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, but because they had brought a few players too, like they had brought a few other players, like like Trent Hocko, they just brought him and, and Chris Keating, and so I just thought I'd probably sit in the ranks and below them and just wait for them. But yeah, he sort of said that to me, and then from then on, mate, I I just tried not to look back, as yeah. you do, you know, and, and now, now luckily enough I've played... Since then, like, I think it's my eighth or yeah, eighth year of, of playing first grade as a five eight. So, yeah, he's made it's you know people have their opinions of him, and you know he, he is what he is. But I can never, I can never take away what he what he gave me, and I'll, I'll always respect him for that. What's your opinion of him? Yeah, I think he's I think he's great to be honest. Mm. You know, he's hard he's, he's hard to deal with sometimes, and but I am too. I'm hard yeah. to deal with. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. probably hard to deal with at stage. Good bosses tend to be. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But you know what? He he always wanted what, what was best for you and. You know, I think, I think at times for me he was, because uh, I'm not the most structured player, so it was good that he really put a bit of structure into my game. Yep. And then, but I was, it was just about me finding that balance of, of unstructured and structured play. And yeah, you know, people, will, I suppose all the doggies fans out there will, will bag him and whatever he's done. But you know, while we were there, a, a lot of the boys will say that you know he wanted what's best for that team at that time. Mm. Well, because you guys enjoyed. Without winning a premiership, phenomenal ex, uh, success for a sustained period. What was it like to be part of a club that was not invincible, but my God, you guys took some serious uh, effort to beat during those sort of that sort of four or five year period? Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a culture we built there, mate. Like, but you got to look at some of the players we had, like players like James Graham and like Mick Ennis and and Frankie Pritchard. Like, there we had all them in one team, mm. you know, like and. You look at McGinnis and, and, and James, like, they'll do anything to win. And, you know, and, and that's, and me, and me being a part of that, it just made me be like that. It yeah. really, it, it makes you want to be like that. Is it, it really infectious? Really like oh, 100%. That? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, if you've got a team there that's just hungry and, and want to win for your mates, like, you know, it's weird, you know, you can, you can, teams can say, I'll do anything for you, for their mate, this and that, but, like, will you, like, will you really? Yeah. And there was things in summit that year that, some of the boys done like for for each other that was 
pretty phenomenal, mate. Like it's and there, there were some great memories and and things I'll never forget. Like you said, it was we went through a really good period there, and it's a it's a great feeling to be a part of. I think it's really easy sometimes to isolate um, what great talent is. Like everyone knows Jonathan Thurston's an amazing player. Um, you know, Ditto Benji Marshall, amazing mm. talent. During your time at the Dogs, who was um, who was the best teammate? Because that seems to me harder to pin down from the outside. Yeah, that's a tough question. A few blokes will probably get a bit angry at me. Really. No, nah. <laughs> I think. Why are you guys always so sensitive with that stuff? Nah, you nah. can just you can pump someone up without. No, no, I mean, I just mean there's so many of them. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, for me, like Mick, like Mick Ennis, honestly, just as a as a person, a player, uh, a leader, you you won't find anyone better mm. because there's you know. That bloke walking across the road there, mm-hmm. Tigers fan probably, he'll probably say he hates McGinnis. Yeah. And probably everyone that watches him probably did. But you ask me, ask anyone who's played with him, they love him. And you ask, you know, he's the best, he's honestly the best family man I've ever seen yeah. off the field and the nicest bloke, I've, you know, one of the nicest bloke I've ever met. And I reckon that's what it's all about. Like, you know, you walk over, you cross that white line, you're not, you're not there to make friends. Yep. And, you know, he's probably personifies that and... I just, you know, I'm his, I'm his, uh, his daughter's godfather. That's how close I am with him, you yep. know. So, you know, him, he definitely, and just some of the things he used to say to you before a game, honestly, like, it was bad for me because <laughs> because I'm pumped up as it is and then he'd pump me up even more and I'd go out there and want to rip someone's head off, you know. But, but in a way, like, yeah, he's just... He's just the yeah, the, probably the perfect teammate. Well, he kind of mirrors you in in one way. So he came actually came on this podcast, and I spoke to him about the fact that he had this reputation as being disliked. You know, similar to exactly what you've just touched on. But my dealings with him, I was always blown away with how what a nice bloke he was. I remember after he got in that dust up with Hindmarsh, mm. I had to go and uh, doorstop him, and I thought, oh god, he's going to hate this. <laughs> and he's so polite and so well spoken. I was like, oh geez, what a nice bloke. He let me off the hook. It's similar for you. You've got the nickname Grub, but you know I think anyone who's had any dealings with you would recognise you're you know such a nice bloke. Like, can you tell us how you got the nickname Grub? First of all, maybe the first sort of. Thanks for that, mate. <laughs> oh, by the way, nice bloke. <laughs> well, pump me up then. Ask the uncomfortable <laughs> question. No, it was actually um, it was actually Jimmy Dimmick again. Weirdly enough, it, it's nothing. It's just that it was that old footy movie that came out. I'm not, I'm not, I don't even know the name of it. Any given Sunday, maybe? No, no, no. no. Like an Aussie one. Oh, an Aussie one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was about rugby league. Yeah. Like With Arndo, maybe? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the main character, I uh, forget his name, he was the captain, I think it was of Newtown. Was it about Newtown? Uh, something, something like, like that. that yeah. Anyway, yeah. And he was, uh, I, I think he was a bit of a, not the cleanest player or something. And <laughs> I think his nickname on the show was, was Grub, so... And then Jimmy just called me that. He said I look like him a bit too, but I look nothing like him. So, and that's honestly where it come from. And it's stuck. It's just stuck. Is it annoying, or do you kind of embrace it? Nah, it doesn't worry me at yeah. all, mate. You know, like it's funny. You know, like <clears throat> if you ask my mum, she hates it. <laughs> but oh, what do you do? You know, like it's just it's a nick. My, my nickname before that was Bones, so like being skinny. So I'd yeah. rather I think I'd rather that than being Bones. But but yeah, but you know, you get like. You get little kids who say it, and they don't—they don't think of it like that, you know. Like it's just the—it's just the name. It's just mm. something that you know tag with you, and you, know, you got to have thicker skin than that to, to play rugby league. On, unfortunately. A quick break to thank our friends at the Sackville Hotel in Roselle. Without them, this whole project is not possible. If you're enjoying this podcast, there's a good chance you'll probably enjoy our back catalogue too, the likes of Gordon Tallis, Mick Ennis, Jared Waitley, Tim Horan, the list goes on and on. Do us a favour, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Wooshka, 
iTunes, wherever. But for now, it's back to Josh Reynolds. You got that particularly thick skin to play Origin and you got your debut in 2013, but not everything went according to plan. What happened in your Origin debut <laughs> game one, 2013? I was on fire. Absolutely on fire. I sat on the bench the whole time. What was that like to sit 80 <laughs> minutes on the bench um, in Origin? Were you so just, weird, man. Yeah. Oh, just, I was that excited, that pumped, yeah. and it just didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it was just, it was a funny one, wasn't it? You know, like, but Loz did say to me before it that he wasn't sure where he was going to put me on and or when. So it was a bit of a hard one. I didn't know what to do. I just I think I warmed up about thirty five times and was just waiting to to get on there. But yeah, it just wasn't meant to be. Was it a weird feeling after the game? Nah, nah. Like no. mate, I'm I'm like it was. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. you know, like it's just he's got to take it in your stride. Hey, yeah. like you just woman to do come out and say, oh. He should have put me on yeah, and kick yeah. stones and, you know, that's just not me. And But then luckily enough, you know, I, I got to play the next game and, mm. and from then on went and played, you know, four or five more. So, and I, I can't complain. Like, even just to be put in the picture for Origins is pretty special yeah. and, and, and to, to get that Blues jer- jersey is a massive honour in itself. So, definitely a, a weird experience, but, but it's something that, it's definitely something I won't be telling the kids, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> One thing you might be telling your kids is about 2014 and um, finally breaking that Queensland um, hoodoo. Finally, after so many years, to, to knock over an incredible Queensland team, how special was the bond in that Blues squad? Yeah, it was it was something different, you know. Um, coming in, being the half for the Blues, we'd, we'd train, it was that in itself was dawning for me mm. because, you know, the whole thing about the halves for the Blues, it's, 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 it's all everything's about, isn't yeah. it, a lot of the time, you Every know, year. it's that whoever, whoever loses, you know, PC got blamed for years and it's not even his fault, but like, it's always that, you know what I mean? It's always that Blues halves and so there is, there is pressure straight away and, and sort of Lodge came up to both me and Hocker and said, look boys, I'm just going to put it all in your hands. And it was weird because we've come from like Des, who's really controlling and controls everything. So we just sort of listen you know, play the game plan that he says and, and it's pretty easy, to be honest, because he does everything. It's like you're spoon-fed. Yep. But then Loz on the other end come out and said, look, boys, I'm going to get you to run all the meetings and, and talk and do all that. And we just looked at each other and gone, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, it, was, it was weird. So it was, out, it was hard in itself. But then the group of guys we had, it was just made it easy. You know, like... We'd stuff up, we'd go up there, we'd talk about it, we'd stuff up every now and then, and everyone would just laugh, you know, it wasn't, it was, I don't know, mate, it's a, there was a, there was a bunch of folks there that, once again, like I was talking about before with the dogs, that just wanted to, wanted to, to play for each other. Yeah. And, mate, that's the, no one, no one can ever take what we've done off us, yeah. and that's something I'll, I'll always remember. Well, to, and to be so close, you know, because obviously you need to win two games to win the series, and it was tight the whole way through, to, especially after such a streak from them. What was the what was it like to be in the eye of the storm? Like the pressure, the expectation, you know, New South Wales fans desperate for you to mm. finally get it done. It's, it's unbelievable, hey. Yeah. Like everything to do with it. It's actually, it's, it's so fun at the time, great experience. But gee, it's a, it's a, like rugby league's a roller coaster. These things are the fastest one you'll ever jump on. Like honestly, it's, I remember that first game at Suncorp, and you know everyone says, "Oh, like you know, we need it. We need to attack better this and that." But it's nothing to do with attack origin, honestly. Like it's literally just about the the. And I hate talking about it because I don't consider myself an origin player. Like I I played, but I'm not like yeah. Anyway, but it's just that my experience there. It was just literally about showing up and just defending. 
because that game at Suncourt, like they attacked our line, I think like 10, 10 times, and yeah. you know, but the boys just kept showing up and showing up. But then when that bell rang, it was a, the biggest relief, one of the biggest reliefs of my life. Like it was, it was actually a pretty surreal feeling, and and yeah, like I said, it's just something I'll always remember and, and cherish for the rest of my life. Went head to head with the best of all time, arguably, in Jonathan Thurston, and got his number. But he didn't. He didn't necessarily. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> you could have to take it, surely. Take the wins where you get them. What did he say to you, like in game three, towards the end when it was getting a bit tight? Can you remember? Oh, mate, he he wasn't a fan of me. That's for sure. But you know, that's what it is, eh? You know, like that's he's passionate. I'm passionate. Mm. You know, they they're definitely not used to losing. And you know, by that stage, I think we had it wrapped up and. And that's just, just what it was. And me being the person I am, I probably wasn't making it making it easy for him. But no, nah, but honestly, that's just how it goes, mate. And I've got utmost respect for him. Like he said, I, he, I think he's the best player that's that's played the game, you know, since since John's or whatever. So I think um, for even me just to be, you know, going up against him and, and to and to just get that little little series over over him is is a win in itself. But but like I said, he's. He's won about twenty five or something, so he definitely wins. <laughs> he's, he's got a few. He's got a few. Um, twenty uh, twenty eighteen. Who should be the halves tomorrow for New South Wales? Just a, a quick one. Um, I definitely got to say Maloney. He's playing amazing yeah. for for uh, Penrith. But I would have said um, Cleary before he got injured, but I'm not too sure what the go is with his injury coming back yeah. and stuff. But I'd. I'd I know it's a bit biased, but I'd I'd actually throw Booksy in A. Yeah. I really would. Like he just he's just running running well, and I feel if Maloney can set everything up and, and do all that kind of stuff, and Booksy just plays off the back of him, I, th- I think he'd be perfect for it. To be honest, so yeah, but why not throw him in there? Luke Brooks, um, um, a new teammate at your new club, the Tigers, and I want to talk about your departure from the Dogs to the Tigers. When did, you've made it clear how emotional your connection is with the sport, and obviously you had an amazing run with the dogs. When did it become clear that you might be leaving, and um, there was going to potentially be a new chapter? Because 2017, you did the deal pretty early in the mm. season, really. Probably when they gave me the first offer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, the writing was up pretty much on the wall there, like in massive unders. Oh, just. It's just, I don't know, it's hard to explain, you know, like, and, you know, I don't know who, ga- who gave it or what, who, who put it on who the, on the, the table, yeah. but it was pretty much, yeah, you know, we're, we're looking in another direction without saying it, and you know what, that was fine, but it was just a bit of a, a bit of a kick in the face because, you know, I, I feel, you know, obviously playing and, and whatsoever for the dogs, I, you know, I wasn't outstanding ever, but I'd done my, done my role, mm. but I was just, you know, I think I always put the club first, and and that's probably what probably hurt the most. And and I, and I never, I never felt I would leave. To be honest, that's me being brutally honest. But you know, like I said, whoever made that decision, you know, it is what it is. But I just, I just didn't think it, it would have went down like that. But I'll tell you what, I, I minus minus leaving my mates. Who were there? Because I'm so close with all of them, and still, and a few people, few really good people at that club. Um, and don't get me wrong, like they done a lot for me. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for this because I must, I haven't really started. I have started the yeah. but my chapter hasn't started yet. Yeah. So I'm just really excited to see, you know, what, what I can bring to this club because I'm just, gonna, oh, I'm actually going to bring exactly the same as what I did to the dogs. You know, yeah. don't people say it won't be the same, but 
because because I didn't grow up in 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 Leichhardt or, or whatever, I, I was still going to be the exact same person. And you know, the reason I did have that connection with the, with the club at the Dogs is because I I grew I went through the ranks there and I went through that. But even if I didn't, I would be exactly the same player I was at the Dogs. Yeah. So, how hard was it for that season to like? <clears throat> I, I've only. Um, Resigned from one job once, where I had like a four a four week period, and I just like really struggled to go to work every day. Um, how was that rest of that season when you knew that you were going to be going? It was done. How how did you get yourself up? How tough was it? Oh, I, I can always get up for a game, mate. Okay. I really can. There's nothing. And I think for me, you go out there and you you honestly play for your mates, the blokes next year, mm. and they done nothing to me. They they didn't make the decision. So I'm not a person who's gonna not show up because of what's happened upstairs yeah. or whatever. And you know, you, you got to turn up there every week, whether you know whether good or bad things happen. So I was always, it was a bit. Um, sometimes I was a bit sad because you know, it was my <clears throat> things like my last game at, at Belmore or my last game here made me think like this is it's all coming to an end, you know, mm. which is which sucked in a way because I had so many good memories. But no, nah, I never had trouble. You know, throwing on the jersey because I take pride in what in, in myself and my family, and yeah. you know I'm representing uh, people every time I go out there. So I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna, you know, say no. Nah, I'm not doing this for them because you know of, of what's happened. So yeah, that was never a problem for me, mate. We're recording this two weeks out from um, what we expect will be your return. It's uh, you know, as fate would have it, it'll be against the Bulldogs. Um, if if your shoulders are ready. What will the emotions be like taking on your old club, or is it? Well, is is it enough time past that it, it won't be that emotional? No, it will. It will. I reckon. I'm not sure how I'm going to feel. To be honest, I'll let you know in, in a couple of weeks. But yeah, I don't know. I think I just got to play it as another game, and that's probably a, a boring answer for you. But I really do because, like, emotions. I, I do have plenty of emotions for for both clubs now. You know, like because I I want to I want to do the. I want to do the best I can for the Tigers and everything I've done for the dogs, you, you'll never forget. But um, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have fun. I think that's the way I gotta deal with it, you know? Like, come out there, play against my old mates, give them a little bit, as I'm sure they'll give me a little bit and, and just enjoy it for what it is because I think, you know, if I, if I overthink it, it'll just be a lot worse than what it is and I just wanna get out there and, and and be me, mate. I just just like I said, yeah. Just have fun, and then after it, have a have a chat and have a good laugh with all the boys about it. Yeah. Tell us about joining the Tigers. How has the community embraced you? The sort of the Tigers fan base and the wider sort of uh, Tigers public. Yeah, they've been great. They really have. You know, Bulldogs are uh, you know they're well known to have like a really passionate um, and, and, and big fan base, but yeah, the Tigers have they've been unbelievable. Yeah. Considering I've only played 29 minutes, they've been really nice to me. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've been, it's, it's been really good. They, um, I, I don't know, I, I just hope they know that, you know, I'm, I'm rearing to get out there. You know, I've not just come here and got injured on purpose. <laughs> but I, I, I just, I think because I, I hope they know that I'm just gonna really give everything I can at, at every time I throw that jersey on because I, I really am grateful for what the opportunity I've been given here. You know, for for me to, you know, to be one of the five captains of this club is is a, is a massive honour. I've I've never been nothing like that at any club. Yeah. I've always just been that. How do I say it? You know, probably the bit of a bit of a bit of a, 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 a larrikin, you know, a bit not, yeah. but, but 
and you know, but, and I've just been that next step down. But to put for Ivan to you know put me in that leadership sort of group, it's a it's a it's a massive, it's an achievement for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I do love it, and and, I, and I've taken it, and I haven't taken it lightly. You know, so I really want to, you know, show what I can do. But I, I've got to do that on the field. I've done everything I can off the field now. <laughs> I've done a million promos and stuff, and, and that's all good. But yeah, it's time for my my footy to do the talking. I think I saw an interview with Ivan Cleary where he was saying that um, the fact that they had five. Uh, co-captains was evidence to him that from what he saw there wasn't a set culture and that he was looking for you guys to mould it is yep. that what you saw as well coming from somewhere that was heavily structured definitely I, and I think as well because it's a um, such a new team so many new players come to the club and you know a guy from who come from the Dragons a guy who come from South I got me who come from the book we're all gonna we all come from different cultures so that was his sort of um like his, uh, his outlook on it, like he wanted us to create our own and, and it was pretty cool and I think we really have. I think especially the boys playing at the moment, they've created a real tough, uh, you know, hard-nosed, going to be there the whole 80 minutes type of culture and that's what you want, you know. When I bet the boys have beaten the, arguably the best team, Melbourne, twice this year. Mm. Not many teams can do that and it's been on the back of our defence. So I know, I reckon when other teams are thinking they're playing us, they're going to know they're going to be in for a, for a long, hard 80 minutes. Yeah. How does Ivan compare to Des? One more on Des. Two totally different ends of the scale. Like, both great, but just Des is very intense and, and nails everything to the to the milli, you know, like, the, like everything to the millimetre. But then, I don't know, he's, he's, very, he's very structured in everything he does and, he, like I said before, he, he feeds you a lot of information and it is good in a way. But then Ivan's... So laid back and so, so straight to the point though. Mm. Like he's, he's really, he's a really good talker. And for me, he's, he, he's perfect for me because, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not the calmest guy at, at times and he's a real calming influence on me. He really is. And I just really love how he, he, what he said, the, the, what he said to me, the, the reason that got me literally over to the Tigers, honestly, I can honestly say this is, I had a meeting with a couple of clubs and I, I seen Ivan and he said, look, mate, I just need you to come here and be Josh Reynolds. And I just went back home and I was thinking, you know, like, at the dogs, because, you know, me and Moses and I, like, we weren't really halfbacks. Both of us were sort of five eights, and I was trying to sort of probably be someone I wasn't. And for him to, to say that, I think it, something in my mind just clicked and, and yeah, I just, I just love that. He yeah. just says, I want you to, like, you know, back your instincts and, and play what's in front of you. And, and that's what, that's the way I love playing. So I thought, you know what? Well, let's do it. <laughs> Mate, we're very excited to see you get out and really impact the second half of the season. Hopefully the injuries are, are all over. Josh, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate no, thank it. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Well, a big thank you to Josh Reynolds, a.k.a. The Grub, a.k.a. one of the nicest blokes you'll meet in the National Rugby League. A big thank you, too, to the Sackville Hotel. Without them, this whole project not possible. Plenty more good sports conversations to come your way shortly on the Stack Report. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review. But for now, it's goodbye. <laughs>